Good morning and welcome to Skylark Church's Sunday Online. My name's Pete Sims and I'm one of the senior leaders here in the church. I hope you are having a brilliant week so far and that you have a great morning with us today. Thank you for joining us. Our speaker today is a really good friend of mine. He's on the visionary leadership team in the church and he heads up discipleship. He's vulnerable, he's authentic, he loves Jesus. So why don't you open your hearts and your spirits and your minds to receive what God wants to bring to you today through the amazing F.A. Udubba. Hi church, good morning to you. I hope you've had a great week so far. It's great to kind of spend some time with you this morning. Now, if you have ever been in a group setting, you may have done one of these exercises uh, as, a, as an icebreaker. So, and as, as soon as I say icebreaker, some people jump up for joy and some people shiver in their boots, but we're gonna do this anyway. I'm gonna show you three images and you have to say which one you see first. So there's, uh, so images and I'm gonna just say what you see first. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds or so on each image and you can just shout it out what one you see first. So are you ready, steady, go. First image, do you see first a crock or a boat? Couple more seconds more. Image number two. Do you see a lion or a bird? Do you see a lion first or do you see a bird first? Image number three for my Marvel friends. Do you see Batman or Wolverine first? Which ones do you see first? The interesting thing about what we first see is based on our perception. You know, it's how we interpret the image. Of course, the second thing we saw was always there. It's just that we saw it later. And we can't over argue that what we saw wasn't there. It's just that we couldn't perceive it. It took a different perspective. It took us to look at the image differently to see what was already there. But it starts with a question. What do you see? Now, a question opens up a journey to exploration, to discovery, to growth and to challenge. And I am reading a book at the moment called Power Questions. And in the book, it's actually been endorsed by some amazing people, some top business people, people in politics, people in social enterprise. And it talks about how asking the right questions opens up doors to deep more meaningful and more uh, fuller relationships across all areas of our lives. And there's a quote that jumped out to me. It says, good questions are often more powerful than answers. And what I found fascinating was that these authors chose two incredible subjects to base the book around, Socrates and Jesus. You know, Jesus was famous for asking powerful questions that challenged thought processes and challenged hearts. He would often ask, what do you say? Or what do you think? Or who do you say I am? And I wonder in a time where the world is looking for perfect and concise answers that you can put on uh, a Twitter, <laughs> in a tweet or on Instagram, I wonder if we as a people would be more like Jesus and think about asking better questions than trying to find perfect answers. I know my own 
personal journey, uh, Jesus has asked questions of my heart and I found the moments of my growth and maturity come wrapped or presented in questions that Jesus asks me. Questions like, F.A., do you really trust me? Do you really believe I am who I say I am? Do you really believe that I can? Do you really believe that I will? Do you know how much you are loved? And Jesus would ask these questions of me to bring to my attention things that were hidden in my heart and bring those things to the surface. Maybe those things around my fear or my insecurity or my shame or my prejudice or my judgment. And he would ask me these questions to reveal what's in my own heart. So it would draw me closer, deeper, further to him. But it all starts with a question. And there is a story in the Bible, an encounter with Jesus and, and, and this and a young man. And there is an exchange of a series of questions where Jesus takes this man on a journey of discovery. He discovers who Jesus really is, but also discovers what's in his own, what's in his own heart. And it's found in Matthew Sorry, it's found in Mark 10, 17 to 31. It's also found in Matthew, but it's, we're reading from Mark 10, 17 to 31 in the Amplified Bible. And it's called the rich young ruler. <clears throat> and he, Jesus, was leaving on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, you who are essentially good and morally perfect. What should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is essentially good by nature except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely. Do not defraud. Honour your mother and father. And he replied to him, teacher, I have carefully kept all these commandments since my youth. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love, high regard, compassion for him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell your property and give the money to the poor and you will have abundant treasure in heaven. And come, follow me, becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. But the man was saddened at Jesus' words and he left grieving because he owned much property and had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. You see, this story is found in three of the four Gospels. They call them the Synoptic Gospels. And just to give you some context on this character, he was a rich, young ruler. And in some other translations, he's known as the rich official. So he was some sort of magistrate or he, uh, or some sort of um, prince. He had some administrative uh, or administrative authority and power. So he would have had some political power, some social gravitas, and obviously he was really, really wealthy. And now on the surface, you could think, well, I don't have anything in common with this individual. There's nothing that I can, in my own life, that I think resonates with this profile of this individual. But this man was someone who was searching for righteousness, someone who was on a journey to figure out what all of this 
meant. He was trying to figure out and find the thing that would really satisfy his soul. How could I find eternal life? How can I live my best life? How do I understand the meaning of it all? Have you ever tried to make sense of your life? What it means? Maybe you've been doing all the right things. You've been saying all the right things and acting in the right way, but yet there is something missing in your relationship with God and maybe relationship with others. Maybe you are someone who doesn't know Jesus today and you're a good person and maybe you have everything you've ever wanted, but there's something missing. There's something unfulfilled. You're still trying to figure it out and understand what's going on all around us. What is the meaning of this all? What do I do to live my best life? Now, if you've been in any of those scenarios, maybe you and I have more, com more in common with this rich young man than we may think on the surface. And for me, I think that this rich young man was really genuine in his approach. I think he really wanted to ask. I think it wasn't uh, something that was pompous or something that was arrogant. I think he really had a sense of, I want to know this thing. And that's because when Jesus had encounters with other officials or other people that were rich or on power, they typically wanted to challenge Jesus or discredit Jesus. But there was something different about this young ruler. And you see that he actually runs to Jesus. So there's this sense of urgency about going to the source of the answer. He calls him good teacher. So that calling out that Jesus had an authority, had a uh, um, had something that he needed, that he knew that he couldn't get by himself. In this translation, he comes and he kneels at Jesus' feet. So there's that posture of humility and openness and teachability. So he really wants to know. He really humbles himself from a rich position and kneels at Jesus' feet to try and find the answer. And finally, at the, exchange, at the end of this exchange, he walks away sad. His heart is aggrieved and he deeply saddened, the scripture says. And if he really didn't care about anything, you know, indifference, you just walk away and think, okay, whatever. But there was something that really upset this young man. So let's explore this conversation uh, in a little bit more deep, in a little more depth to see what we can draw about how uh, our hearts can be when we follow Jesus. So on the outset, Jesus knew that this man was a Jew waiting for the Messiah. So as this man asked his first question, teacher, what can I do to have eternal life? Or what can I do to be saved? Jesus does what I've been taught you never do. You never answer a question with a question. So when I read this, I was just like, oh, that's a bit left. But he does this because he's trying to reframe something in the mind of this young man to really position who he is talking to. He opens the eye, opens this young man's eyes to really understand who he was engaging with. So the man asks, teacher, good teacher, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus asked this question in response. Why do you call me good? In the Amplified, it talks about essentially good in nature and morally perfect. Knowing that this man would only know that the one who is really good in nature is God. So he's saying, well, actually, if you call me good, the only one that's good is God. So therefore you're calling me, that's right, you guessed it, the Messiah. 
So he had to ask that question because it framed the trajectory of the rest of this discussion for this young ruler to have his heart uncovered. And, you know, it's really interesting because normally when we have a discussion with someone and someone wants to ask a question, there's always a question behind the question. So Jesus knows that. Jesus always knows that the leading question isn't normally the question that's really asked. So he is, he's trying to tease this, uh, tee this guy up for the thing that's really, he really wants to get to. And, and I know an, ex- an example of this to be true. If you've ever been in any sort of relationship or friendship, you know this to be true. There's always a thing behind the thing. And I remember when Yaz and I were dating and I would, we, maybe we'd have you know, a, a small falling out or a little tiz, and I'd say, what's wrong? And she'd say, nothing wrong. So question number one, leading question, what's wrong? And then I'd ask, what did I do wrong? And then the barrage would come, the question behind the question, the thing behind the thing. And I think that's what's going on here uh, in this scenario. So Jesus draws out the thing behind the thing. Jesus responds, you know what to do. Follow the commandments. Do not steal, honour your mother and father. Teeing him up for the question that he really wants to ask. So the ruler says, I've done all of that. I've tried to be righteous. I've tried to do it in my own way. And I've done that to the best of my ability since I was a boy. And this Here is the part where Jesus is listening in to wait for the real question. The young ruler asks, what do I still lack? What else am I missing? What can't I see that's preventing me from experiencing the fullness of my relationship with God? So often we can look at all the things that are wrong externally. There's what's wrong in our society, what's wrong on our streets or in our communities, what's wrong with our politics, what's wrong with a people group or what's wrong in the world. Yet we miss the opportunity to run to Jesus, sit at his feet and ask the internal question, what do I still lack? What have I got wrong? What am I missing? How am I part of this? What have I missed? What perspective do I not have? What do I still lack? And I love Jesus' response. He's so full of grace, love and mercy. He looks at the young man. He feels love and compassion for him. And I feel that this morning that Jesus wants to say to someone that he sees you, he looks at you, he has compassion for you, and he loves you. He loves you whatever the situation you find yourself at, whether you are searching and whether you are close to him, whether you are far from him, Jesus wants to tell you this morning that he loves you, he sees you, he's passionate for you, and he loves you with an everlasting love, and he invites you to a further relationship with him. And he offers an invitation to this young ruler as he offers an an invitation to you and to me to follow him more closely. Jesus responds, you lack one thing. Go and sell your property and give the money to the poor and you will have abundant treasure in heaven. And come, follow me, becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. 
See, in those days, the rich were superior. In fact, uh, wealth was seen as a sign of God's blessing and approval on your life. See, being rich gave you access to certain places and spaces and also gave you lots of privileges. But how do we walk away from the things that have been designed and built to serve us? How do we walk away from the things that give us perceived value and acceptance? See, what was hidden in the commandments was that righteousness, eternal life, our best life wasn't, isn't in self-service, but self-sacrifice. And Jesus challenged this young man on the very first commandment. You should have no God but me. But like a lot of us, we acquire and we accrue wealth and build systems of security around us. And we can often fall into the, the notion of subscribing to or conforming to institutes and constructs that serve us, our lifestyle, our way of thinking, our agenda, even if that means at the expense of others. But Jesus asks this young man and he asks us today to lay down our right to rule our own life and live for the one who rules for eternity. Jesus said, if you want to be like me, if you want to walk the way that I walk, you have to do what I do and you have to give, give it all, serve me wholly and only. That's the key to abundant and full life. That's the key to eternity. You have to give. In, he talks about in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave the best. He gave it all. Philippians 2 says that Jesus emptied himself of being divinely equal with God and he humbled himself to become a man and even suffer death, death on a cross so that we could live Jesus gave it all. The father gave it all. And he's asking us to give our all. That's what it means. Self-sacrifice, not self-service. So Jesus was asking him and he's asking us today, are we willing to give up our comfort? Are we willing to uh, lay down the things that we think define us? Our place of popularity or our place of privilege and experience what it means to feel real life to experience true treasures true abundance is only found in a relationship with him and yes that might mean things might change that might mean relationships that you have might change it means that the people who saw you in a particular light maybe they don't see you in that way anymore maybe you're not invited to those parties anymore maybe the, the position that you could have got you don't get anymore maybe your circle becomes a lot smaller but that's okay, because whatever you give for God, he gives back to you in abundance in this age and the next. And you store up richly treasures in heaven that last for eternity. Jesus was saying to this young ruler, I know you rule, but would you let me be ruler of your heart? You see, to follow Jesus is to always allow him to ask us deep heart questions that help us look more like him, that take us on a journey to be more like him. That's what it means to follow Jesus, to open up our hearts and allow him to question us and to move us into places that make us become more like the image of God's son, Jesus. 
And there's always room for more in our hearts, more grace, more space, more surrender, more freedom, more spirit, more of his spirit. But it always starts with a question. I remember a significant part of Yaz and I uh, journey when we first started dating. Uh, we met uh, not as Christians or not walking in a Christian way. Yasmin came from a Muslim background and I grew up in a Christian home, but I was doing my own thing. And we had, a, you know, we, we, we started dating and quite quickly into that, we found a relationship with Jesus, both of us. And he asked us both this question. He asked us, are you willing to prioritise my relationship with you over your relationship with each other? And that was a big question. And that meant lots of different things, lots of different complexity. But in that moment, we chose to respond in a way that set the foundation of our relationship then and our marriage friendship now and, and, and the trajectory of us going forward. You see, we were able to really look at ourselves and look and think, do we put God first in everything we do? Can I put him before my love for you? And that was the thing that really set us up. We've understood that obedience is always better than sacrifice. Whatever we think we are giving up, we know that the other side of our yes, God has got so much more for us in store. See, those moments we determine in our hearts that obedience is better than sacrifice. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The rich young ruler to lay down his riches, the things that define him, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes we think it is, but it's not. Growth comes mostly in discomfort, but it's an opportunity for us to really see what life is like, to lay down our lives for the Lord. This is whatever you give up in this time, for me, you would get a hundredfold in this age and the one to come. He says that all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. That's you and me. In other words, it's going to be all right. You can trust me with this. You can trust me. So no more questions from the rich young ruler. His heart revealed the answer to his question. The thing that was there all along, hidden in plain sight and he walked away deeply sad the tragic thing about this story is that we never get to see what this man could have been we never get the chance to see his story he walked away but jesus remains and that may be you today maybe you've walked away from jesus but i want to assure you that jesus is here waiting for you hoping that you turn around and come straight to him a few things we can learn uh, about this young ruler and something that can help us in our journey as we follow Jesus. Number one is having a posture of humility. He came to Jesus and asked him a question and sat at his feet. So you know, that's a great place for us to be if we're having questions and have, have um, trying to figure things out. The best place to be is at the feet of Jesus, asking him those questions. But I also implore you to have people around you that can speak and ask questions of your life that can say, hey, what's really going on? Or that thing that you do, is that the right thing that you should be doing? Or how is that making you feel? I know for me, having those spaces and voices that can speak into my life have been a life send for me, but it takes a posture of humility. 
The second thing is having a heart open to be willing to be challenged and changed by God's big questions. And finally, us being able to look into our hearts and be honest. Being honest is so key when we have to face some of these questions. Because once what's in our heart is uncovered, we then have the choice of what to do with that. And that's okay. We can choose to let go of the things that hold us back from experiencing God in his fullness, regardless of the cost and follow him. So maybe today you are like the rich ruler trying to make sense of things, questioning what's going on with the world and how and what am I lacking? Jesus loves you. He sees you and is compassionate for you. Uh, maybe you're in a space today where you've walked away and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's what's happening. Jesus is here, standing here, waiting for your return. And maybe today you are asking, what's the thing that I'm missing? Jesus is asking you, what's the one thing that you're holding on to that's preventing you from a deeper relationship with me? It all starts with these questions. And if you are here listening to this and watching this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I believe this morning he wants to invite you, like he invited the rich ruler and everybody else to follow him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you so much that you are alive and living. Lord, and the questions that you ask us are questions to move us to look more like you, questions to release us into the abundant life. And Lord, I pray for all the people that are watching and hearing this, Lord, that they would respond to your call. Lord, that you will take us closer, deeper, further with the questions that you ask us. And Lord, I do pray for those who feel like they're walking away today. Lord, would you reveal yourself to be the person who has love and compassion for them, Lord, that they will come and they will run back into your arms. Lord Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity to experience what it really means to have abundant life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, F.A., for sharing that word with us. Thank you for the challenge that you brought to us and the inspiration you are to us. Well, I've got some updates to bring to us today. The first is just to thank the team for an amazing quiz last Sunday evening. It was incredible. Thank you, Pete and Charles, for hosting. Sam and Emily for doing everything in the background, all the questions, making it all work. You really were fantastic techie parkers and well done to Drew for his solo effort and his victory getting 87 out of 95 right. That is phenomenal. You have truly earned your t-shirt. Congratulations. The next update is regarding this evening. At seven o'clock we have something even more exciting. We have our worship and prayer Zoom. Do come and join us. We can worship together. We can pray together. We can praise God together. It's going to be incredible. Check out your church suite emails or go on social media to get the link. But don't miss out. It's going to be amazing to join together today. The next update is regarding the bereavement course. I mentioned this one last week. Liz Jevons is facilitating an online bereavement course starting on Tuesday the 11th of August for six Tuesday evenings, two hours each time. Do you think you could help her? Do you think you could be trained up to help people through the process of bereavement at such a difficult time in our city? 
If you think you can, then please contact Liz and get involved. Her details are on the screen. The next update is regarding Skylark Soundbites. Do you know we have put six of these out every week since lockdown began? There's over a hundred in the bank now, and I just want to spend a moment thanking some of the people on the team. Yes, thank you definitely to those people in front of the camera. You have been so inspirational to us. But also Anna, Al, Sam Parker, Eddie, and James. Thank you for doing all the backline stuff, the editing, getting it all online at the right time, everything that you've done in designing graphics, and there's so much stuff that goes into these sound bites. Thank you, because as a team, you have managed to keep people inspired, connected, filled with hope during a very difficult time. Thank you, Church Life team. The final announcement is a pastoral update again. Once again, this week, we have given out 16 food boxes, several large boxes to the Women's Refuge, and we've managed to give 18 households pastoral food vouchers from supermarket prepaid cards. You know, we have done that to the tune of over £13,000 during lockdown. And that's thanks to your generosity as a church. Isn't it incredible to be part of something that cares, part of an organism that loves? If one part of the body is hurting, the others step up and get involved. Thank you that you have done that. Let's keep doing that as we move forward, as people find themselves in financial difficulty, those of us who have got secure income, we can help, we can really make a difference. Thank you that that is exactly what you are doing. Well, that's it. The updates are complete. Sunday Online is over. We hope that you've enjoyed being with us today. Have a brilliant week and we'll see you really soon. Take care. Bye.